Hey guys, Colt Cabana here. I've left some of the older episodes on the Art of Wrestling feed to remind you of all the great past episodes and great past guests that we've had come on the show. The show started back in June of 2010. Wrestler to Wrestler podcasts weren't even a thing back then. So many great guests have come on since then. Some have gone on to become WrestleMania main eventers. Some have sadly since passed on. Either way, Everyone has a story to tell. Ad-free versions of every past episode is available on Howl.fm. Sign up on the website with the offer code COLT and get a free month. Sign up on the site and then listen on the app. All right. Enjoy the show. Thanks. This is the Art of Wrestling with professional wrestler Colt Cabana. It's Colt All right, how you guys doing? Come on in, sit down, relax, put in those tweaked audio earbuds. You're about to listen to The Art of Wrestling, a professional wrestling podcast. It's a live podcast. It's a personal journal. It's an entryway into the minds, the souls, the hearts, the lives of the people involved in the world of professional wrestling. I am your host. My name is Cole Cabana. I am a personality. I am a podcaster. I am a performer. Most importantly, though, I am a professional wrestler. I am sitting here live in the studio apartment in Chicago, Illinois. Hey, before we go any further, this is a fan-supported and listener-supported podcast supported by people just like you. We give you free of charge every single Thursday at WeLiveCult.com, Stitcher Radio, and on iTunes. A couple great ways that you can support. Rate, review, subscribe on iTunes. Tell a friend, spread the word, let people know what's going on. If you do have a couple of dollars in your pocket, ColtMerch.com and DigitalColt.com is a great way to give back monetarily. T-shirts, buttons, pictures, posters, DVDs, digital downloads, premium podcasts, $5 wrestling movie, the works. I truly appreciate your support. ColtMerch.com and DigitalColt.com. All right, the guest this week, Dave Meltzer. Yes, that Dave Meltzer from the Wrestling Observer, the newsletter that might have changed a lot of your lives or the newsletter that some of you guys have no clue what I'm talking about because you only know about the internet Uh, But Dave comes on and shares his story. Not a guy who ran the ropes per se, but a guy who had a huge influence on so many different things in the world of wrestling over the years that uh, I thought it was important to have him on. Dave and I are not best friends in the world. We've been cordial to each other over the years. I think it's always funny. It's a little taboo. It's a touchy subject. Are you allowed to talk to these guys? Are you allowed to give them information or scoops? Once a year, Dave sends me a ballot to vote on the Hall of Fame, and I do that. And that's about the extent of that. Some people know how to play the game, though. Some people use Dave as an advantage. Uh, It's been documented, you know, over the history. So that was kind of fun how to touch on that. You know, I guess Dave was really, you know, a pioneer when it came to the other side of the wrestling business. You know, he definitely wasn't the first, but he was one of the best at it. And he gets you thinking about the other aspects of wrestling, the inside business, the inside info. We'll get to Dave in a second. Speaking of inside info, last week's podcast with Kevin Steen uh, stirred up a little bit of a, I wouldn't say controversy, but a little conversation, if you will. I remarked on how it wasn't something I really wanted to dive into, but we talked about it anyways. I don't really claim to be much of a closed book uh, I'm happy to talk about my career and my life. I do have stuff that, yeah, I just haven't really gotten into because I don't want to necessarily. But, you know, Kevin's one of my good friends, and uh, he wants to see me over in his company. And I know a lot of you guys do and have, have reached out, and I've been thinking about it a lot. I really have. Uh, this week, I, I wrestled for PWS in New Jersey. I wrestled Disco Inferno, by the way. Fun, you know, fun. He's in great shape. Looks like he did back in the day. Looks fine. Ready to go. Ready for Ready for a contract. Ready for a national run, I guess. Uh, but I, I had a conversation with Pat Buck, who helps run, is one of the co-owners of PWS. And he came up to me and he's like, hey, man. And he tweeted it also. He said, hey, man, I really liked your episode with Kevin Steen. I think it was one of the best ones you've done. And, you know, I get these Google alerts because not because I'm an egomaniac, but because I'm a performer and I have to know, I guess, what people think about me, even though I try not to. But it's just that's the reality of it. Once a week, the Google alerts come and they say, you know, here's what Cole Cobain has been up to. And there was a big thread about bitterness. And to some, I, I get I came off as bitter about my attitude towards maybe Ring of Honor towards the management, towards the situation. And I asked Pat, you know, did did that come through? Did I sound bitter? Because I don't think I did, but I don't know. You know, I love your view. And he said, you know, 
Maybe yes, maybe no, but there's nothing wrong with bitterness. It drives you. It's amazing. It's a wonderful tool. There's nothing to be ashamed of. And at that point, as he was saying it, I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm just looking for somebody else to say it. And I know it came up in the podcast with Ken Anderson, and I know I said it to him, and it was just a thing, but I think it's different when I'm talking with Ken, and I'm just talking to you now, and I'm letting you know that I think it is a wonderful tool. I think it's amazing. And this week, I was listening to one of my favorite podcasts. It's called Bullseye with Jesse Thorne. I recommend you check it out. Each week, at the very end, he does an outshot. He does a recommendation. And his recommendation this week was a song by a guy named John Darneal of the Mountain Goats, who I actually played his song for Song of the Week. He did a song about Greg the Hammer Valentine. And the song title was called The Best Ever Death Metal Band Out of Denton. And in the song, one of the lyrics hit me. Now, I am not a music guy at all. I think you guys know that. I'm, music doesn't really touch my soul. I've never been able to quote any kind of music. I maybe can sing the verse, and then I'm that guy that... <laughs> during the rest of the song. But uh, as he was playing the song, this line hit me, and it really hit me. And I wanted to share it with you. Uh, very easy. When you punish a person for dreaming his dream... Don't expect him to thank or forgive you. I'll say that again. When you punish a person for dreaming his dream, don't expect him to thank or forgive you. And I come out of that saying, yeah, you know what? I am a little bit bitter. Yeah. And I don't think that's a negative thing at all. I think it's a positive thing. I'm bitter about situations that have happened in my life. I am bitter about the situation that happened with Ring of Honor and how it went down. I do not still hold a grudge. I am as happy as can be. But that situation, of course, yes, I'm upset. I didn't want that to happen like that. That wasn't supposed to be my path. I was supposed to go on to bigger and better things. But for that situation, sure, sure. I mean, if something doesn't go your way, are you supposed to be happy about that? Are you supposed to be excited? Yes. You go, okay, I'm going on a different path though, but now you have to go on a different path and your, and your life has changed. Was I happy that the WWE fired me? Should I be ecstatic when I get that phone call saying creative has nothing for you? Oh, great. That's great. Oh, amazing. No. I'm going to hold that. That's a moment that changed my life. And yes, it changed my life for the good because I made a positivity out of it and it made me work harder and stronger so I could tell those people, fuck you, look, I am worth something to somebody, but fuck it. I like it. I'm on the I'm on the bitter bus. I'm on the happy bus. I've used the situations in my life that have been negative that I would be bitter about and I've made them stronger and I've grown and I've jumped on the happy bus, but when I look back in my life, those are things that I am not happy about, I'm not fond about, and it's made me a stronger, better person today. Yes. Yes, I'm bitter. Because of my bitterness, I'm a happy person. Song of the Week this week suggested by Wayne up in Minnesota. It's Viva Del Santo by Southern Culture on the Skids. Enjoy it. We'll be back with Dave Meltzer. This is a song of Santo. By day, a famous wrestler. By night, a superhero. Protecting the world from the famous bad guys and chicks. Like the... consideration paid for by the following 
Hey guys, each week we bring you the Art of Wrestling podcast absolutely free of charge. We're able to do this because of our sponsors and supporters. Please take a second, go check these guys out. OneHourTees.com, custom t-shirts made to your liking in an hour, a week, or whenever you need them. Go get yourself a custom t-shirt. OneHourTees.com, HighSpots.com, nearly 800 full-length titles available to download. Plus, up now, a complete moron's guide on how to man up. Featuring Mark and Jay Briscoe interview and matches, it's all available at HighSpots.com. Tweakedaudio.com slash Colt, the best earbuds in the world. Get over 30% off and free shipping just because you listen to the show. Go get yourself a pair of buds. Tweakedaudio.com slash Colt. If you want to advertise on the Art of Wrestling podcast, you can. Send an email over to ColtWrestling at gmail.com. Subject advertising. Thanks. Which ones do you normally do? Well, I just do my stuff. I mean, you have your own show. I do my stuff with Brian, and that's, about right. it. that's pretty much it. But I'm sure, so throw that on there. We're talking. Oh, okay. We're, we're talking. into it. We're, we're into it. We're talking yeah. now? Okay. Dave Meltzer's on the podcast. Oh, this is great. And I'm excited. I am I'm too. excited. We, we've never really met in person. No. You, when I got fired, you wrote the nicest thing that anyone could have written about me. Oh, that they blew it. That, <laughs> <laughs> that they, um, yeah, you know, and... <laughs> Not to make this about me, because it's not, <laughs> but like right on one of the biggest downer days, like on the biggest downer days, the headline of of the Wrestling Observer is, uh, you know, WWE's blew it or is, is an idiot or what a stupid move. Well, I, I just seen you doing the, you know, more doing the commentary and, and it, you know, it was, just, it was like almost like I'm watching them going, this is exactly what they need, you know, comedy and, and, and everything like that. And then, they, and it's like, how could anyone, do they, do they not watch developmental? Because if they did, how could they miss? I don't think they did. But the nice thing now is. I think they do now, though. They do now. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And, and I've said this before is bullets that I took, bullets that people in the past took, like as long as it was for a reason, like it sounds like really like warlike, you know, like, <laughs> you know, like we, we sacrificed ourselves so somebody else doesn't get screwed over or something. So I'm okay with that. Well, if you look at it that way. Well, I mean, as, as, long, as long as I'm not homeless, you know, yeah. right? I don't know. Um, I, I'm super excited to have you on. Oh, thanks. And uh, it's, I think this is going to be different than anything I think I've really done. B- uh, Bill Apter was on, uh-huh. so that was exciting. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, you're you're the Wrestling Observer newsletter guy. <laughs> I guess. That's, <laughs> that's I guess. You're, you're from... San Jose. San Jose. Although I actually was born in New York. Were you? Yeah. yeah. D- when did you move? Uh, I moved when I was like nine years old, so I... Okay. You know, so, I mean, my, my first wrestling that I watched was, was San Francisco. And, or San Jose, yeah. And so for me, like, you know, the wrestling mecca is always New York. And because you, I mean, made your living on wrestling for X amount, you, you know. For, Long time. Right. Uh, it's weird being out in the middle of the of the left coast here up in the corner, right? I, yeah, kind of. Kind of. It's, it's just, at the, you know, at the beginning, it really didn't matter where I was. It didn't. Yeah, now I think it probably would be beneficial if I was in... Um, Either Vegas because of UFC or or the Northeast, like because that Philadelphia type of area would have been probably really good. When I would go, when I would go there, I always thought you know it would be beneficial for me to be living in the Philadelphia area, right? Because it's a short drive to a lot of different places. Yeah, and, and you'd be in the middle of the action, right? Exactly. Right. Yeah. So I, I mean, I'm just intrigued on the whole story, and like, I don't know. I, I guess because it's because a lot of it's based off of. Would you say the Observer was based off of other people helping you out? Sure. Does that make sense? Because, I mean, I'm... It's it's like everything else. You know, I think I worked my ass off, but I had a lot of lucky breaks at the same time. Okay. You know, in the right place at the right time, I think, helped a lot. And I I, I really did work my ass off. I want to know about the the working you're at, because here I am, like, my own self, like, and that's why... I'd love to hear this kind of the story, which I don't, I, you know, I've heard you from different places and, and on your own, on your own radio show and whatnot, but like just to get it all in one full scoop would be super nice. Uh-huh. Um, so wrestling from the beginning. Yeah. Was it your life? Um, I, I mean, like I, I, when I, when I started, like all, all my friends were into wrestling before me. And we would play baseball every Saturday afternoon, and wrestling was from five to six. And so, four forty-five or four, like four thirty, every the, all the games broke up, and they'd run to watch bowling because bowling ended right before wrestling started. So, so we would watch the last fifteen minutes of bowling on ABC, and then we would switch to channel forty-four and watch wrestling. And they all watch it now. The first time I watched it, though, I was like hooked. 
Like, you, but you almost did the bowling newsletter. No, no. That was almost the thing. No, 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 no. no. I would have ended up a baseball writer probably or a, or a football writer, okay. honestly. And so this was what at what age is, is bowling Nine. and wrestling? Nine. Nine. Are you in New York yet? Are you in No, San no, I'm, I'm in San Jose. Okay. Yeah, so yeah. You, found, you found some new friends. Well, it was my, my school friends. Okay. Well, and that's they, a hard thing, right? Moving from New York. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they would always they would always go do stuff in the playground and imitate the pro wrestlers. And I had no idea what was going on. Yeah. You know, so so then once I watched, I was kind of like, I was in. Right. And who were the wrestlers that were in? Uh, Pat Patterson, B- superstar Billy Graham. Billy Graham was the one who got me into it, which is hilarious because so many people that I've met was like Paul Heyman was one. Um, DDP at the Cauliflower Alley a couple weeks ago just goes, you know, the, the, the guy who got me into wrestling as a kid watching was Billy Graham. And I'm thinking like, and Hogan was Billy Graham and, and, and all the guys in all the, you know, Flair wasn't Billy Graham, but Billy Graham was like his idol, kind of like when he first broke in. And I'm thinking like, God, it's, it's, it's what is it about this guy? But it was his promos, you know, and, and it was like, but that was the guy when he did the promos and he called, you know, Hank Renner liver lips and things like that. And I was just like, I, I just... You know, and, and then they would they would do the promos for the cow palace, and it was like this is the most exciting thing in the world. Well, so Dust, Dusty and Billy Graham had some same taglines, right? Billy's was first. Dusty watched Billy and stole all of his material. So there it is again. Like Dusty's it, another one, yeah, <laughs> right in the time. I mean, but D- Dusty, because Dusty was already in the business by then. But Dusty wasn't doing those promos. But you can get influenced by people while you're in it, sure. Right, right. right. Dusty was in Minneapolis with, when Billy Graham was in Minneapolis. And Billy was doing the promos and Dusty was doing the Texas Outlaw stuff with Murdoch. And then Dusty went to Florida. So, like, as, as a heel. And then I saw Dusty in Florida when I was a kid because we went to my, my grandmother lived in, in Miami. So we went there all the time. And, and I, you know, like... I love to go to Miami because Miami meant Wednesday night wrestling. That's funny. I remember I'd go visit my parents and uh, my grandparents in uh, in Fort Lauderdale. Oh, they, so same thing. And they had well, if I'm a little a little younger. They would have Glow would come on only in Florida. Oh, so. oh Glow. <laughs> oh, that's right. You missed the good days. Yeah. Well, those were good days for me. <laughs> I just me. watched the glow, I just watched the Glow thing the other night. I did. I watched the documentary. Yeah, I watched good, the documentary. Yeah, wasn't it? Yeah, it was really good. I enjoyed it. Good. I enjoyed. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, but that's hey, when did that, so man? I've got like. Any question I ever had, you're probably the guy to ask, right? <laughs> when does Dusty when does Dusty make that change? Like seventy four? I was there when he made the change. And from like, hey, I'm a red a redneck outlaw to like I'm the Dusty that everyone knows. Dusty Rhodes the American Dream. Well he was doing he was when he was a heel, because I went to Florida in I remember going in seventy three, the first time I went to uh, the Miami Beach Auditorium, and Dusty and Murdoch were wrestling Tim Woods and Johnny Walker, who later became wrestling one and wrestling two. And I remember meeting, you know, Johnny Walker, who's, you know, I, I remember was, I was backstage and I was kind of listening in because I'm not backstage. I was like, the fans were in this corner and the wrestlers were out and these fans were going for autographs. And I, you know, I'm really a little kid at this point. And I'm listening and, and, and Tim Woods is going like, you know, uh, Johnny's 41 and he, he's retiring now. And, and you, know, th- you know, three weeks later, he, you know, got the gig as wrestling too and he wrestled another 15 years. <laughs> right. But it was like, so, so, um, so I saw Dusty and Murdoch as heels, and I saw their interview, and I'm going like, he's stealing from Billy Graham. I mean, he already, as, as, a, as a heel, he was already doing the Billy Graham, and then he turned face the next spring summer when he got really, really hot, and then he was doing the Billy Graham as well. So you're in the corner, you're hearing them in the back, you're young. What, what age are you here? This is, this is like 11. 11. I, l- listen, as much as I loved wrestling, there was always this weird young kid as me who considered myself a smart wrestling fan. Yeah. Did you consider yourself like, a smart wrestling fan. I was just a wrestling fan. I wasn't that smart. Um, I mean, it was so di- it's so different when you think about it. What happened was there was there was this, but but here here's the thing. I mean, like then it wasn't you know it wasn't spoken openly and things like that. But when I I went to, I just remember when I went to my first show in San Jose and I came back to school and the, the big kids who takes you to the show my dad okay my dad took me and my best friend you know I'd, I'd watched on TV and uh, you know we didn't go to the Cow House we went to San Jose Civic. And, you know, they, I, was, I would look at the newspaper and I'm going like, oh, my God, like the world tag team champions are in San Jose. We got to go. I didn't realize they were there every Wednesday. Right. <laughs> so, but I just saw the paper Wednesday right after I learned. I go, we got to go to San Jose. So we went, you know, to the Civic because that's, you know, nine miles from my house. Mm. So we went down. We just had a blast. We were running around the building. The promoter was this old, mean ex-wrestler who would chase all the little kids. Mm-hmm. And the place was loaded with little kids because they had like kids, if you were 12 and under, got in for a buck. So parents would just drop off all their kids, you know, for 
you know, two hours and pick them up. Sure, babysitting. Yeah, it was the yeah. babysitting thing. And the kids were completely, we were all unruly because we would run around the <laughs> building. And the promoter, ah, ah, you know, it was like, uh, you know, so it was, it was really hilarious. So um, um, so anyway, I had started, I started taking photos. I got really into it that way. So I was taking photos. So were you the, going every Wednesday now? Uh, it's going most Wednesdays. Okay, most enough. Wednesdays. Yeah, so, so when I go back to school and then like the big kids at school are just like, don't you know that stuff is fake? And I'm going like, really? And then so me and my friend go, do you think it's fake? You go, I don't know. We never thought about it. Well, let's go back next week and we're, we'll, we'll watch this and we'll figure it out. You're going to study it. We're going to like, this. Right. Like, first, so, so we go in there. And the worst thing that happened was the next, the next week they had a midget match. So we're watching the midgets. And this is so contrived, so bogus. I mean, even on, like at 11 years mm-hmm. old. You know, I was actually younger than that by then. But even like at nine years old, we're going like, uh, you know oh, what? No. This is this this it, it probably it probably is. And so at the end of the night, I remember my friend goes, "What do you think?" And I go, ah, "The main event looked pretty real, but but that midget match, there's no way." He goes, "So, so it's probably all fake, huh?" And it's like, "Yeah, probably." He goes, "Well, we had a great time. We'll go back next week." Yeah. And we never we and we never thought about it again. And when kids in school, you know, when I'm like in in junior high, you're kind of ostracized wrestling. That was uncool at that point. Um. That's a, that's a pattern that I usually talk about on here is, you know, usually you get out of it because you're a little ostracized is a great word. Right, and right. then when you're, when you're an adult, you're like, you know what? I, I'm an adult. I can make my decisions. I'm going to stand by my decision. I like wrestling. Yeah. yeah well, I, I, you know, it's funny because I don't remember being that big of a fan, but friends of mine, like in high school that, that knew me, that were like friends knew me in high school when, um, cause this, the, the son in law of one of my, not best friends, but a good friend of mine in high school, um, ended up being, is now like a friend of mine because he actually is a, a wrestling booker and a wrestling promoter on, locally here. And he always, you know, comes up, oh yeah, you know, like, uh, you know, his father-in-law goes, there was this kid in my class, you know, who I was friends with, who was like the biggest wrestling fan in the world. And I don't remember being that big of a fan in high school, <laughs> but I must have been, if, if that's what he remembered me by. But also I think like if, if you liked, there's any inkling of you like wrestling at least in my like my age nobody at least at my school nobody liked wrestling so if i like once brought up the fact that hulk hogan and randy savage were on sunday saturday night's main event like they're like oh that's the wrestling kid maybe that, you know cult's the we, wrestling yeah, we, kid. We, had a, we had a couple of kids that went that went to the to matches still yeah when, when i was there and then but when i when i when i really got into it was in college because in college it's like the pattern is like in my newspaper class there were like i don't know maybe 10 guys, right? We all got together and, and, and um, what happened was me and my friends, we had, we had a volleyball team and we called ourselves the fabulous Freebirds, you know, because that's, that's when the Freebirds were big on television. And so another guy who was like the director of the whole deal, he just goes, Freebirds, you guys are wrestling fans. And, oh yeah, we're wrestling fans. So we went to the newspaper and it's like... You guys find, every, they find each other, don't they? Yeah. The wrestling fans of the world. Okay, so, but here's the, here's the crazy thing. So it's like, there's 10 guys in our class, four of them, loved wrestling okay and this is long before Ho- you know hogan and all this they loved wrestling we all talked about you know where you at school san jose state okay and we're all talking about this i'm going like you know what none of the and, and they all kept asking me questions and i did know a lot about wrestling not not compared to what i would know now but i i followed it pretty close and four out of them they're just asking me all these questions about whatever happened it was, it was like you know the, when we were kids whatever happened to this guy where did rocky johnson go where did peter mavia go where did right whatever. nowadays everybody goes to you for these answers yeah well they did then too <laughs> okay so 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 they're all asking me this stuff and i'm going like you know what four out of these 10 are wrestling fans and they're asking me all these questions if i started a newsletter four out of every 10 guys in their 20s they're going to that's where it came from. That's where it came from. That's, I'm going. I'm you're going, playing the odds. Yeah, yeah. Of course, it didn't work out that way. <laughs> but I, but and I nor did I ever expect it to. But I was just thinking, like, there is an audience there out there that wants to know what the hell happened to all these people they grew up with, and wants to know what's going on. And it's like, how come we see this guy here, and like, and you know, on this channel we see this guy because this is when it was kind of. This is we're, we're talking early is when the, the cable was just starting, so we're seeing the local stuff, and then Roy Shire's thing died, and people are going like, what happened here, and what happened to this guy? And this, so this, give, yeah, give me a date on this. This is early 80s? This would be early 80s. Okay. Early 80s. And is it's because I start the newsletter in 82. Oh, okay, in 82. What, what's an, is a newsletter a big thing? Like, zines are, are hip and cool at that time, maybe. I don't know. I just made that up. I was, <laughs> I was too. I don't know. <laughs> you know, like, what's what? I'm not even saying in wrestling. Obviously, you know, you pioneered this this world, but what about, like, music? Do you know of any of... Poetry, music, they were, they, music stuff was big then. 
Music the idea of a big. newsletter. New music newsletters were real big then. Okay. But they're wrestling. Wrestling had fan club stuff, and wrestling had the results sheets. And see, I, I got all those results sheets, so that's how I knew where everyone was, and that's why when I was in college. Where do you get a results sheet from? Well, the, from the, the back of the magazine? The back of the magazines would have, like, you know, this guy you know, has this newsletter, and this guy has this newsletter. So I subscribed to all of them, because that's how I would kind of get it. Please tell me the newsletters you subscribed to. I, God, I don't even remember. One, one was... One was um, God, I'm trying to think what was going on in the in it. There was I I know the guy who did it was a guy named Philippe Zimmerman. Okay. But I don't remember the name of his newsletter. And that was like the main one. And then there was Weasel's World of Wrestling. And the Terry Justice had the one which I got at the tail end. I think he died like right when I So many people have their Dave Meltzer. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. like I Dave Meltzer taught me everything about wrestling. You know what I'm saying? That's what people say. Yeah. Like, do you have a, a Dave Meltzer? Well, I mean, like, there were different guys. You, you, I don't know if you know this, but, you know, my, Mike Tanay did a newsletter when I was real young. Okay. Because when I, when I was, like, watching, um, so this is, like, 70, 71. The first ones when I went into the back of the magazines, because that's when I wanted to learn all this stuff, you know, I, I subscribed to every single one of those things. And they would last for a year or two, go out of business, but, you know. I wouldn't say the best one was the one Mike Tenay did, but the best written by far, because, you know, he had him and, and a guy who ended up being like a really famous sports writer. They worked together and, and they were like inside because they, they printed their newsletter at the wrestling office in L.A. and they knew everyone. And I would read about like, you know, like uh, inside, real inside wrestling news based on, you know, based on the standards of the time and kind of even hints that it wasn't real. And I go, I mean, these guys know what's going on. Mm. So, yeah. Did you ever talk to those guys later? Mike Tenay? Oh, it was Mike Tenay. It was the written one you said. The Mike Tenay. Oh, it was the written one. Yeah, Mike Tenay, who, um, oh, yeah, I mean, I ended up. Uh, sure, you guys are the Los Angeles, is that right, the tie-up? I've heard that before. What? The Super Show in L.A.? With where Conan can't comes, I was at that show with Mike Tenay. Right, with, 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 with the, the first AAA show in Los Angeles. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I know, I, I know. I just from which, which was which was the beginning of Mike Tenay getting into pro wrestling because on about a year into that, Mike went to all those shows, and then about a year into that run, WCW wants to do a pay per view from of of because they were doing so great, so they 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 do the One Worlds Collide pay per view and. Every announcer in WCW was just scared to death because because he wasn't going to be asked to do it. It was going to be Shivani, and Shivani's like, "Oh my God, I don't know who any of these guys are. Yeah. I don't know." Who any he gets scared. They all get scared. The only one who wants to do it is Cruz, but they didn't trust Cruz to do it. Knew nothing about Lucha Libre, but he was fearless. So Cruz went. Is that to, a thing about Chris Cruz? So, so Cruz went. So Cruz went to Tijuana. Cruz is fearless. <laughs> yeah, he was fearless, and so they figured they all knew Mike Tenay. So Bischoff just goes, you know, why don't we work with Mike Tenay? And then Mike Tenay did such a good job that they ended up, he ended up announcing for Nitro. And he's... He's had a long career since then. Yeah, based off of the idea... If it wasn't for the One Worlds Collide, he'd never, got, never gotten in. Right. Not, not even a prayer. Sure. Yeah. And I, it's always intriguing. Like, how do you just... So many people just would like to be an announcer. You know, would like that opportunity. Yeah. And it's... it's right? 71 to 90... It's 15 years of 71, 81... Mike Tenay would have been the newsletter in 20 years. Mike Tenay probably started the newsletter in the late 60s. I couldn't tell you. Right. When. So 25 years of doing a newsletter to get that announcing. Well, he, he, he wasn't doing no. He got out of it. Okay. He, got into, he became a big sports guru guy. But he was known as the guy who knew about the Lucha, the Lucha Libre guys. Yeah, because he grew up in Los Angeles and they all right. came. And then, um, and then we would go, you know, he, he and I went to Tijuana in, um, in that period. You Not know, even for wrestling. No, no, just no. To, just to get loose and, <laughs> and go to Tijuana. No, we just started going because AAA was so hot that, okay. that we would go down to the, down there, and then they came to LA, and you know, so we knew everybody by this point. So hot in the terms where you go, I, I wrestled. Is it Arena Tijuana? Auditorio Tijuana. Auditorio. Yeah, I wrestled in there. So like, you're going down there, and it's just like packed full of people with horns and yeah, oh, yeah. And, and you're just the gringos. Are you the only gringos in there? No, or? no. There was there was when, when, when we went. There was about. 15 guys and they were all super hardcore fans okay and we knew who they all were you know it was one little group but it was cool because i i, I you know people talk about like like i i was talking to brian alvarez and we we're talking about like I, I wanted to see um atlantis and ultimo guerrero mask versus mask at arena mexico this year if they do the, well they're gonna do it i was thinking of going he's going oh scary mexico right. and i go i went all the time I, I was safer there than at the cow palace when i was a kid yeah. i never felt th i never felt threatened there that's uh, you know at, at, at Arena Mexico or Tijuana, Tijuana. Okay, yeah, I, I've never. I, uh, I guess yeah, Tijuana probably has a, a worse stigma 
yeah. than Arena Mexico. So what? yeah, and and I went to Guadalajara. I never felt bad. Yeah, you know, threatened or anything like that. Just uh, just you go or you got buddies and you're like, let's do this. Let's oh, make this it. when AAA was big and I just wanted to go to the shows. Yeah, fair before so. before you had the internet where you could like you know watch it later. Right. You know, it's like it's a big show and it wasn't the flights weren't expensive. This is when the economy was like I could stay at this five star hotel in Guadalajara for like thirty five bucks a night nice. <laughs> and eat steak dinners for for six bucks. And, and I mean, like, really, like the great restaurants. And it was like, it was almost like, it's like, you know, I, it's like I could live first class, spend, I mean, a little bit of, it's 200 bucks for the flight. It wasn't that bad. Mm-hmm. And then I could spend the whole weekend for no money and see awesome wrestling. Taking in this great wrestling. Yeah. Okay. So you start, you, you, four out of 10 people. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously, it doesn't have that way. So you start a newsletter. Yeah. Okay. Are you the, are, how are you? You're in journalism class, yeah. right? You're yeah, I was writing. Major. I mean, I was writing for the school newspapers okay. on sports. I was sports editor at the school newspaper and everything. Okay, yeah. and as a side project, or, or are you like one day this is going to be my business? Oh, I never thought it was going to be my business. I just started doing it so my friends, you know, would 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 pay me for information or something. Well, you, okay, so you're getting information here. Yeah. So so when I'm starting to trade tapes, which okay. is another thing that was really cool when when uh, when I was in college, we would do the the um at lunch we would because i knew all the people in the in the av room or whatever it's called and so we would put the wrestling matches from all over the country on the the big screen at and and a lot of people would eat lunch and and it, this is another reason why like in college and we watched the garden stuff and we watched and i got the because Japanese of tape tapes. trading because of tape trading but i'm so intrigued i mean there's no internet I, and how how are you finding these people it was the back Just back the, of the back of the magazines and this there's a group of people out of necessity, and you all, you all congregated together. There might have only been a couple hundred in the world, but they all knew each other, and, and everyone knew each other's names. And um, throw but, throw me some names out. God, I don't even remember. <laughs> I mean, um, so they had they had their local television in their place. Like if I'm in Chicago and I got, uh, I, I, I had a guy in every circuit sending me to TV. Yeah. So I I watched everybody's TV back then. That's amazing. Yeah, I watched the Stampede. I watched the you know uh, uh, AWA, the San Antonio. Dallas, um, um, just just you know, New obviously WWF, Georgia. We got in cable. Florida, I would get the tapes from Portland. I would get the tapes from Japan. I would get the so tapes you're from- the guy then. So for the newsletter, at least hey, I'm going to put these results in. Mm-hmm. But it comes a time where you're getting this like inside information, and I don't want you to come on here and like that's not the point of this. Yeah, but I, it's like I don't even want names, but like the idea of how this how it just becomes what it becomes almost. It's it's I think it was the right place at the right time. I met a couple of people in wrestling that were intrigued and started talking to me. And then the next thing I know, I'm getting subscriptions from Jim Crockett and Bill Watts and Eddie Graham. And, um, you know, so the first, so, guy- so they're all, they're all reading and, 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 and Vince under a pseudonym, you yeah. know, I mean, Vince, Vince, I mean, I, but I knew who it was because it was funny. Cause there was a guy, it was Vince Vic Van. No, because that- there, there was a guy, there was a guy in the office and just goes, Oh man, Vince blew up at you. And I go, well, how would he know? And just, and he told me the name and it was the, the maiden name of, I don't want to say the person, but the maiden name of the wife of someone very close to Vince. Okay. And I go, okay. So Vince is kayfaving. You know, the rest of these guys, they didn't even bother. They, they had no problem. <laughs> You're right. But Vince, you know, Vince did. But, it, but, but so I was the only one kind of doing it, and it kind of... So the, guy, the first guys that kind of were, you said they were intrigued by it, so they're, they start talking to you, and they start giving you some information. Yeah. What, like, what are they getting out of it? I, well, the, what happened was, at some point, because, because the newsletter was what it was, it became like the thing that, you know, the wrestlers would read. Right, but it's, I'm so intrigued because it's just... There's four. There's a million of not a million, a hundred of you guys like that. Yeah, but there was only there was there wasn't then. But you just listed off a, uh, a list of newsletters that people. Oh, yeah, okay, okay, yeah, well, you see what I'm saying? But I, but I but I, I how do I say this without sounding bad? I put more I put more into it, and and also I I got, you know I I was always into the business of wrestling, and I was always into the business of sports because as a kid. We, I, I, I was always into off, off-brand sports like uh, pro volleyball. I, I worked, derby. I worked derby. Right. I worked in, um, I worked in, 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 the, in this office for this North American Soccer League, San Jose Earthquakes. So I would watch these these things come and go, and Roy Shires wrestling, and they would, you know, I would, you know, they, you know, you're like, they would, you'd be, they'd be really hot for two years, and then they'd be dead. And so I learned that like, 
if you do something really bad, this stuff goes away. It's not like it's permanent. So like, you saw your newsletter as a possibility to be an offshoot sport. No, no, no. I'm saying it could have been, oh, it could have been up, mil- up for a year and then gone. And not so much the newsletter, but no, it was just like the way I viewed wrestling wasn't so much as like who beat who, but like I, I learned like when I would go to those these offshoot sports and the, the building would start emptying that they may not come back ever again. <laughs> so I started like figuring, you know, and, and also the um, – the wrestlers that I didn't know, they were always going um, about, about this is, this is even when I was a kid, you know, I'm, the wrestlers, they were always like, what's the house? What's the house? So I learned like, what's the house? That was like wrestler talk, right? Right. What's the house? So I kind of like, oh, what's the house? So I started learning my little wrestler talk with the wrestling people and what's the house? And so this is what the house was. So it was always like, what's that's, and, and the wrestlers, that was like the big thing because they got paid on the house in right. those days. So it was, you know, it would say, okay, this is, these guys are doing this business here. These guys are doing this business here. So it became kind of a big deal with the wrestlers and the promoters would, they loved it and hated it, you know what I mean? Yeah. And then some of them, you know, some of the promoters started talking to me a lot. Some of them didn't, but, you know, people who, you know, I, I knew guys in every company by then. Right. After, you know, within, you know, two years of starting. So tell me about the hard work as, a, as an entrepreneur by yourself. I just worked my freaking ass off. Where, where is, was it, how long was it just you? It's always been just me. Up until kind of... Well, know. with Brian, with, that, with, the, with the website... Yeah, I mean, well, I started working with Brian with the website in 08. Okay. So it was always... But it was just you, I mean, and what people probably don't realize is just thinking out loud, and there's probably so much more, so X amount of newsletters, and you're stapling all of them, right? And you're printing them all out. Yeah, at the uh, beginning, oh yeah. Yeah, I mean, I know that from just sending out, you know, people people email me and they're like, dear Colt's office. It's like, Colt's office? It's me. I'm the only one sending out all these <laughs> fucking the only T-shirts, one? right? Oh no, I was putting the, the pages together, stapling them to stamp on. Right. I'm oh. saying how much. Like, there's so much that probably people don't even realize. Yeah, and then and on top of all the writing you have to do. And then before the internet, before the internet, I mean, when when I first started, a lot of it was mail, but then it became phone. So I'm on the phone all day long, every day. Hold on, you were mailing like tips back and forth to people. The, is that what you mean? At the very beginning, yeah, it was it was it was the 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 information would come by mail. That's so funny. But then and then we started talking to the different people by phone. So I had you know again people in every city and and um, the but the deal with me was in those days was and I think that's where I got like friends from that generation was was you know they would all call me at like you know two a.m. So I would stay up. I was that, this is where the West Coast was an advantage. Because their 5 a.m. is my 2 a.m., and I was up till 2 a.m. all the time. So you got these wrestlers who were mad at their boss who were who, at 5 a.m. who were calling me up. And so you know, I'm getting a lot of info about that right. point. When they're all hammered a little bit at night, late at night, yeah. <laughs> a little bit and sometimes completely. Right. Yeah. So the phone bills. Huge. 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 Right. Huge. Th- yeah, $1,000 a month phone bills. Oh, yeah. Easy. Hell, yeah. Yeah, you think about the idea. A lot of people nowadays don't even realize, don't even know what a phone bill. Is, right? <laughs> I know, right? It's forty four ninety five uh, unlimited, and that's it. Yeah, it's so different. It's it's just bizarre. It's it's bizarre how much everything changed from like the the eighties and the nineties. Yeah, yeah. And so, I mean, you're just. I, I, I am intrigued. How is there a point where you? I guess were you working for those first couple of years besides yeah. the newsletter? So what yeah, were you yeah. Doing? I was I was I was a sports writer. Okay, so for was, uh, for different newspapers. Just. Um, Freelance? I, no, no, no. I worked for various newspapers. Okay. Um, started with Oakland Tribune, doing high school sports, and then I moved to Texas, which was really fortunate because you moved I, to Texas. Yeah, I, I or took moved a, to that new, uh, newspaper. I, a newspaper in Texas. Went to a newspaper. You, in te- you didn't move physically to Texas. Yeah, you didn't move physically. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. I lived in Texas for for about a year, oh, okay. which was perfect because that was like eighty three, eighty four when everything was changing. It was really, I think, the move to Texas was a big deal because I was in a hotbed. You know, San Francisco wasn't so hot. Texas, you know, the Von Erichs and, and okay. you know. Every- and that brings back to the beginning when I was like, what? there's nothing going, how are you in the middle of wrestling? But in the middle of wrestling in Texas makes that was, a lot of sense. That was, that was huge yeah. because, you know, between that and then, um, you know, and then Houston wrestling was big with Mid-South. And I would, I, I would go to the, I would go to Mid-South. So Mid-South was on fire. World Class was on fire. And I would go to those shows, you know. I mean, it's a couple hour drive, but I would, you know, one of my days off, I was always going to wrestling. Just as a fan. And doing the newsletter. I mean, but, right. I mean, were you paying tickets or were they sneaking you in? No, I was paying tickets. Were, yeah, that's always an intriguing question. I was, I, was, I was paying tickets in those days, but I would write all about that stuff. And, and you know, I gathered an audience. And, um, you know, so, so in 87, I was working, you know, I, I think like, you know, 20 hours a day, 21 hours a day, because I would do eight to, eight to 10 hours newspaper and then eight to 10 hours of, 
of wrestling Is on newspaper my own. newspaper yelling at you because you're doing wrestling? Or do they never know? Um, let me see. The, the Texas, they thought I was a weirdo. But, but Texas wrestling was so big with the teenagers. And I was covering high school sports. So the, the, the kids all knew about the wrestling because, you know, the Von Erichs, I can't express how big the Von Erichs were in 83, 84. Try so, to. Yeah, they were just they were just freaking gigantic. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't want to say they were bigger than Hogan, but they were bigger than anyone but Hogan. You know, for, for that era, maybe, you know, they weren't as big as The Rock, but but in that era, I think they were bigger in their local base than than anyone in any other base, probably. They, you know, because again, if you went to the mall, you know, like everybody was into the Von Erics and stuff. But if they went if Kevin or Carrie went to like Boston and they were in the mall. Nobody, nobody knows who they are. Well, Boston, they were on TV in Boston. So, okay, so that's, that's a bad, that's, that's a bad, bad place. That's a bad city. They were big in Boston. Virginia, I don't know. Yeah, Virginia, nobody. Would okay, know, nobody knows. Course. No, no, nobody would know them in in, in different places. Yeah, yeah. But in that Texas, in, in that in Arlington, right or whatever. Yeah, well, that, just, that whole area, just, all of North Texas. Everyone, everyone knew the Von Erichs, and and you know, so yeah, so that was pretty cool. And you were going there. So so when when's that switch of like I can do this full time? 87 it was basically the deal was is i was about to die from lack of sleep and it was just like i got to do one or the other so everyone's going like you know all this is this so people in this go we're just going like you got to get rid of the wrestling it's ruining your life and it's so i'm thinking and my parents are like you know you're doing you're doing good in the newspaper business you got to get rid of this wrestling thing so of course i make the other decision i'm going ah, i'm gonna go i'm gonna go with wrestling yeah and it's like i made no money at all i made like you know I mean, I was making about 200 a week off of the wrestling, which was a lot less than I was making in the newspaper business. But also then you're putting that back into... You're putting that back into going to shows, and right? Like, no, I would say that that would be profit. On top of that, okay, that's a write-off. That's a, the, the, <laughs> those are write-offs. No, but, but living on 200 a week was pretty difficult in those days. I mean, it'd be harder now, but, sure. but it wasn't easy then. Yeah. But, but I'm thinking, like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this. I'm going to do this because I was... I was a lot more famous from the wrestling than I was from doing real sports. It just wasn't pay- making any money. I mean, you know, and you know, you know that gimmick, right? Mm-hmm. You know? So I'm, going, I'm, just, I'm just doing it. And then um, what happened was, um, uh, so, so I, I squeaked by for about two years. making you Living know, where now? Texas still? Did you move back? Now I'm back. I'm, I'm back. And at this point, well, I was, see, I was working. When I so I'm working, this is Turlock, California. I was working for the newspaper in Turlock, California, and then I quit the job at the newspaper because I was just it was just too much. It was mm. just killing me. So then I moved back to my parents' house so so I could actually survive. Yeah. And then, um, so the the big break was Frank DeFord started the National Sports Daily, and he wanted to do a pro wrestling column. So little do I know that one of my subscribers is Dick Ebersol from NBC wow. Sports and I you know and getting it under the name of his secretary whatever his secretary's name was and I don't know this until you know later you know Frank DeFord goes oh yeah you know um cuz he calls me up and Frank DeFord's like this to me he was like the legend of all legends so, I mean more than any wrestler he was the greatest sports writer who ever lived in the you newspaper know. business yeah, what's he, what's slang for newspaper the sheet not the sheet you're the sheets what's like my dad worked in clothing it was always the rag business oh that's what he used to call me it, the rat, the rag. Oh, the rags, yeah, the rags, yeah, the rags, rags. The sheets, right? Yeah, yeah. Is there slang for newspaper? I don't know. Okay, but anyway, so he he he's starting this national sports daily newspaper in '89, and he says, "No, I want you to do a, a weekly wrestling column." And I go, "Okay, cool." So it's like my first break doing wrestling. Mm. So one of the so one of the offshoots was is to do that. On the bottom, I got to plug, you know, Dave Meltzer does a weekly wrestling newsletter and all this, and so that by the time I was done. You know, that, that, that newspaper only went 16 months, I think. But by the time I was done, I was making money. That was a national newspaper. It was, it was a national newspaper. But it really only ran in a couple of markets. Like, it was, it was big in New York because they had troubles with distribution. Okay. So they were, in, they were in, like, 10 markets. But in those 10 markets, it was, you know, news, this is when newspapers were still really big. I remember the sporting news had wrestling. That would have been later. That, I mean, when I was a kid, but I, that was kind of like before. I, the, I don't think the internet was around, but the sporting news had. A, so that, I mean, that was a thing that they would have wrestling comics. No, DeFord was the first guy ever to do it. I mean, it became a thing. Yeah, that would have been after, after, Off of, after me. Yeah, right. Yeah, because I was doing the stuff. And, 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 and DeFord always told me, and you know, he, you know, I, and it wasn't just me. I mean, he did. I remember once when um, he's on like CNN with like Larry King. And they're going, Larry King's going like, you know, 
so who's your most who's like your 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 star writer and um, and and he just goes i'm not going to tell you who my star writer is because because there's too many but i will tell you who my most popular writer is because that's dave Meltzer. and it's like holy fuck <laughs> and he had the best sports writers in the country i mean like famous guys that he'd lured for big for big right. money from places so so you know that was really cool but that's do you think that's like that almost goes hands in hand in hand with wrestling like it's always kind of shunned, but secretly everyone kind of loves it. Well, in those like, days, in those days, <laughs> I think I think like in those days, I think lots of people really liked wrestling, you know, um, and they, they still do, but it's 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 different because they've done so much to like alienate the adult audience. I think, you know, I don't know if it's the silliness, um, and I think it's just just how they the, the appeal. I don't know what it is. It's really weird because because my audience was so adult oriented. I mean, kids always liked wrestling, but I, I think now when I like when I would go to the matches, I always think about there'd be little kids and adults in every age group. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? And 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 now it's it's so much um, parents with kids and kids and all the people who I grew up with. You know, like the the old we were we were going to be the old people going to wrestling. All my friends, they're gone. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's like and, and they were watched and they watched for thirty straight years. Well, what was what was Hulkamania? What I was born on? Where the big was that? The big like looking back at it, that's the big boom for me. Hulkamania. Was that the big boom? I mean, it was, it, was all, it was all big. It was all big. The whole thing, I mean, Vince's, the thing that put me on the map was Vince's expansion because, because what happened was everything was changing. Guys were you know, being signed to Vince. Guys would quit Vince and go. And, and, it was, and people would just show up on TV and this and that. And there was really no access for information. And I was the information on who's going where, who Vince is talking to, who, you know, what the money's like and things like mm -hmm. that. So... A lot of people who wanted to like figure out like what the hell's going on. Wrestling was changing so quick, you know, and and the territories were dying, and and it was like the the observer was like pretty much the only access to that information on what's really going on. And so so publicly, like I don't want to do anything privately or what you know, like publicly people have used that information to like almost as a. a a wage bartering system, like like the Pillman stuff, is pretty out there, right? Yeah, right. I don't want to say anything that's not out there, but like, if there's stuff you you could talk about that's that's kind of out there that people know that they've used the Observer that information or that the idea of. Well, I mean, a lot of people would to look at like ter you know territories to go to in the territorial days. Okay, you know, like okay, this, is this territory drawing where that I'm that I'm thinking of going to. I mean, that's what I would always, and that's where a lot of wrestlers would talk to me and go, like, I'm thinking of going to Alabama. What's Alabama doing? I'm thinking of going to Texas. What's Texas have you doing? Notorious, can I ask, have you notoriously given somebody, uh, like, someone who wasn't doing so well somewhere, and you said, hey, you should go here, and they made? Yeah. Is there anyone uh, of name or just, yeah? <laughs> just, yeah. I should do that. I mean, some guys have publicly said, you know, stuff. Right. But, but you know. I mean, and, and a lot of guys would come to me and just and, and go like, OK, you know, do, my, do you feel sorry? Do you feel like really proud when you see them doing really well? Yeah. Like a, like a father. Almost. <laughs> I don't know how to father. But I used to love it in, in WCW because um, in WCW, a lot of the guys would come to me when their contracts were up and just go, you know, like, what do I ask for? And, and you know, again, I mean, I wasn't always right, but but a lot of the ones it, it was always like, OK. You know, you ask for a little bit more than you're going to get, and, and I don't know. I, I mean, people did that in those days what's, when when, what, it when you could do that. I mean, now it doesn't really matter. They're, they're, you know, what's too much when someone comes to you and you're like, "Come on, man!" Do you have scenarios? Did well, you have scenarios? I, I remember. I remember. I remember Paulie coming to, when Paul when Paulie was working as, as as a manager there. And he was telling me what he was going to ask for, and I was thinking, like, I didn't tell him this. I'm going, like, too much. But he still talked his way into oh. it and got it. Oh. But, but that was right before Watts came in, and then Watts saw it. Like, if he was making a little bit less. Watts would have gone, God, this guy's a talent. He's like Cornette. Yeah. But Watts just saw this guy's making what I think was 275. He's making 275. He's a freaking manager. Yeah. And so Watts did everything he could. You know, he just made his life hell to, to make him quit because he was trying to cut the budget. Right. So Paul was right. He got the contract from Kip Fry. But the contract ended up biting him because if he was if he if he had gotten one fifty six, Bill Watts would have been in love with this guy. Mm. Instead, you know, but he ended up making money when he sued the company anyway. So he and Paul <laughs> Paul did okay. So right. it's like, you know, what about too much? Not in the sense of of money, but in the sense of like uh, somebody trying to. Because I'd imagine at some points, which is funny, because I wouldn't say you like use people, but I, I wish I had a better word for it. Uh, I don't even know, but where people are trying to use the observer system 
Does that make any sense at all? I think I think it's always been, you know, there's always going to be that, you is, know, you know, yeah. Is Uzia just as kind of as a big give and take? But there has to be like a guy who's just like, come on, dude, leave. I don't know, nothing. <laughs> the only one that I, the only one that I remember is when when Pillman was doing his thing, okay, and he wanted me to do it as a shoot, and he didn't tell me. I mean, at first, I mean, right. I figured. And I'm saying, there's got to be people trying to work you all the time. Yeah, yeah, of course. And of course. you have to. And I got to decipher everything. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah that's a whole. That's a whole. That's a whole crazy psychology thing. lesson in itself, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, it's at two in the morning trying to figure out, you know, you know, sift through this truth and fiction. Mm -hmm. yeah. And that's what I'm saying. Guys trying yeah, to hard. use you, but a lot of to guys gain were, leverage for yeah. something. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sure. And right, and you have to decide, right? That you're making those decisions. Do I write this? Do I not write this? Yeah, all the time. Right. Yeah, yeah. And and has stuff bit you in the ass? I don't know, bit me in the ass. I mean, you always have. I can't think of anything off the top of my head, but I'm sure I have regrets. Right. If that's what you mean. Yeah, yeah kind of. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's all, oh, of course, <laughs> right? Of course, you know, over the years, there's and there's stuff like sometimes you write stuff, and like a week later, you go, God, why did I, why did I write that? Mm. You know what I mean? And do you write? Do you just, uh, are you just like, ah, fuck, or do you put a little thing, a little blurb the next week? Oh, usually I would put in a little blurb the next week. Okay. Oh, if I have, yeah, 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 yeah. No, I was always worried if something's wrong, if like I got, you know, wrong, I'll just go like the next week, I'll just go, that this is what it is. Mm. You know, I never outed like, okay, this guy. But if a guy like, you know, worked me bad, I would just like, I, I wouldn't talk to him ever again. He's on your, yeah, on you remember list? those, yeah, you're on your yeah, shit list. Yeah, on my shit list. I mean, you can, you can, I mean, there was, there was a thing, you, you know, you could go to a certain level because everyone did, but the outright, like, like, it's like the, the exaggeration is cool. The outright total lie, like made up out of thin air. Mm -hmm. That's uncool. Sure. That was, that one's uncool. That would be uncool. Uh, that's, okay. So the turn of the internet era, right? Yeah. yeah. Is that, do you, do you feel like you went with that? Like you were in step with it? Do you feel I, I was probably too slow, but 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 maybe not because it's hard to say. Um, did it change? Did it hurt? Did it? All these guys taking your yeah, information, throwing it out there. Yeah, you know, it's like it's hard. Do to you say. take it to heart? <laughs> well, I mean, it's like it's out of your control. At the beginning, you know, at the beginning it was tough, but then you just realize it is what it is. I mean, money wise, you know, you don't know. I, I don't know if it's. It, 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 I think it's been good overall. I mean, I I, I work a lot harder than I did before, just because you have to. Like before, I mean, I, I actually thought, think, I'm actually in the 90s, like I actually had a pretty life, pretty good life. Okay. You know what I mean? Like I worked my own hours. Um, if I wanted to take a day off, I could take a day off. I mean, I worked all night. I mean, I still worked, I worked lots and lots of hours, but, but I made a, a nice living and I went to the beach all the time and I did my bodybuilder gimmick for a while. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I really had a pretty good life. And like now it's like seriously, like it's 20 hours a day or 18 hours a day of constant work. And I don't mind it because I'm like that. I'm wired like that. But it is, it is a lot harder. But, it, you know, it, it's, it's, it's different. Okay. Yeah, because now it's like getting the scoop. Before it's like, you know, if, if I didn't get the scoop. You were waiting for the letter. Before yeah. you were waiting for the letter. Yeah, I was getting, <laughs> waiting for the letter or the phone call. It's like, look, if, I, if, you know, if someone gets it before me, you know, um, it was, it, it, you know. It's like now. It's like I can't even worry about that. I just have to figure out what it all means. Right. Yeah. And now it's a quick text. You get information so quick. Which right. is funny how you said you left your phone. That's I, amazing. To me, I left my way. phone at home. Amazing. Because I was in a bad way. mood on my phone. <laughs> but <laughs> you're. You've got to be ready with the. I know. Well, but I don't have anything with me, so it's like it's no. No, I I, I do have a rule that when I leave the house, um, with my family, like I mean, I, I do have the phone. But I have no access to the computer, so if if I go out to dinner, it's going to be two hours before I go back. And, well, a, a wife and a daughter, right? Wife, a wife, daughter, and a son. And a son. Anyone like wrestling? No, they all hate westling. <laughs> well, the daughter's three. The daughter's three, so I still have a prayer with her. Okay, but but so she doesn't really know what it is. My son like leaves the room whenever it's on. How old's your son? Eleven. Okay, he leaves the room whenever it's on. Sometimes I'll go like, come on, you know, you want you want to watch this? <laughs> he he went through a period when he was five of liking. No, I'd say three. Where he liked Hornswoggle, so I thought, well, that's cool. That you know, because I wasn't really into Hornswoggle at all. And I'm thinking like this, this character, and for me, I'm not really liking him. But it's him. for somebody. But it's like, hey, he likes it. Yeah. You know, it's the only character he liked. You know, he liked Eddie Guerrero for whatever reason. I don't know why. So, but so so. <laughs> don't know why? Well, I mean, it, what I I liked Eddie Guerrero you know too. Why. You liked him, right? <laughs> yeah, I know why I liked him. But it's like he, for whatever reason, he liked Eddie. He thought Eddie Guerrero was funny, and he liked Hornswoggle. And then you know, when he was a couple months later, you know, I would watch. Hey, 
Cody Hornswoggle's on. It's like, ah, oh, God, you know. Mm. And he walked. It's like, it's like I outgrew him. Trains. I want to see trains. Yeah, <laughs> I want to take me to the, to the Thomas the trains. Uh, so yeah, wife, wife, wife hates wrestling. Okay. Just hates wrestling. Good, good. I think that's good. I like. Oh, that. it's not good. <laughs> oh, <make it> good. <laughs> I promise it's not good. Oh, well, uh, so you're super in MMA now, and, you, and yeah, not, uh, so much that are you still with Yahoo a little? Bit? No, no more Yahoo. Okay. I was with Yahoo until uh, when did uh, January of la last year. So a little over a year, and now I'm with MMA Fighting. Okay, MMAfighting.com. Yeah. I know you're very passionate about MMA. Oh yeah, and but uh, which 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 grew completely out of wrestling. Okay, you know but, because because the first UFC was one of the guys who was really good friends of mine was Zane Bresloff, who promoted for WWE, WWF, and then he went to WCW, but he was still with WWF when the first UFC was held in Denver. So he was working for them, but it was like a secret that he was promoting UFC because Vince wouldn't have liked it, but he did. And he would he called me up and just you're good you know Vince liked UFC no Vince no 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 no, no, no. Oh, but he did Vince promote. would not have liked Zane promoting UFC promote. when okay, he was promoting he WWF right, right, right. at all yeah <laughs> but he but he did so so um so he you know he would call me up and just go we're we're doing this thing it's it's all going to be real and it's you know boxer against this and that and I go ah the wrestler's going to win I go really I go yeah the wrestler's going to win and, you know because I I don't. Listen, I grew up with all these wrestlers telling me, on a real fight, the wrestler always wins. Mm. You know what I mean? So I figured, ah, oh, the wrestler. You even had the inside information then? No, no, it was, it was a jiu-jitsu guy that <laughs> won. It was oh, okay, fair enough. Fair the jiu-jitsu guy won at first, so we were all surprised. Right. But anyway, so, so the first UFC had Ken Shamrock. Well, he was already a wrestling star in Japan by then. So I'm like, Ken Shamrock, I, I know of Ken Shamrock. I don't know Ken Shamrock. So I'm going to go watch this thing. And I was kind of intrigued. And then about the third one, I was pretty hooked on it. But it was like it was such a disorganized mess of a thing. <laughs> but again, a lot of the wrestling fans liked it. And so I covered it. And then, then it went like really downhill. And then... When it picked up, you know, like in 05, I mean, a lot of wrestling fans liked it then. Then it was really popular. And now, now I see a divide. You know, you got your MMA fans and your wrestling fans. But in 05, 06, 07, there was a lot of crossover. Is MMA at the, at the is it, I mean, I'd say, I remember in like 08, 09, when I was in developmental, like it was at its peak of whatever. I think 2010 with Brock was okay, like. Okay, 2010. Yeah. Is it starting to go down? It's not so much. I'm a very casual Yeah, watcher. I'm not, so, it's, I wouldn't say down, but it's not like a hot fad thing now it's like it's like a sport before it was like some new thing that was like a showing up on fox right <laughs> well now it's on fox or i meant well that kid that one kimbo fight or whatever it was oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah so yeah, yeah, yeah. or whatever it was right or yeah. cbs maybe cb kimbo was on cbs yeah yeah a couple times that's very fatty right when yeah they throw, you know, when they throw when, kimbo on cbs kimbo yeah <laughs> that was that was crazy was, was, was cbs that had kimbo yeah cbs had kimbo okay which is crazy and then, um, but yeah, and then, but it's sticking around. It's not going. It's, it's not going anywhere, and it's it's a it's like WWE. WWE and UFC are going to be around for a long, long, long time. I don't even worry about them. Okay. I worry about everybody else. Okay, you know, it's like I've watched all these you worry MMA about basketball. Groups. What you worry about basketball? Mm, worry about I'm, NBA? I'm, I'm, I'm out of basketball now. <laughs> <laughs> I was a basketball fan when I was a kid. Although I did watch a game last night, but uh, uh, well, uh, so but getting to that UFC stuff, I wanted to say like, does does wrestling does it do it for you still? I mean, wrestling? Oh, I love wrestling when it's good. Yeah, you know, it's like it's always been like that. I even when I was like a little kid and I'd go and you'd see like a bad show or a bad match. You know, it's like to me, like a bad match kind of sucks. Mm. Like someone used to t someone told me once, the worst thing is a bad wrestling match, and the best thing is a good. And I don't know if that's true, but because I don't really hate a bad match, but but you know, like sometimes, like in the in the old days when you would go to a show and there's 300 people there and nobody's, you know, w this is what I'm talking about with stars who had egos mm. that that you know, like like Dusty Rhodes, and and there's 300 people there and you watch a guy like totally. Like you want to talk about a guy doing nothing, right? You know what I mean. Yeah. I, I've been to shows like that <laughs> where you've got you've got the guys that that you know they're not gonna they're not gonna work in, in a, with a bad house. Mm. You know, it's not like Terry Funk where you know I saw him in front of three hundred people and and you know it was like it was better than seeing him in front of ten thousand people because he's working right for you. But like you know those the, some guys would do nothing and it'd be a really bad show. So. That was a great quote, by the way. They're working right for you. Oh, I think there's only a couple hundred people. Yeah, but it's true though. Like mm -hmm. when you say it like that, I, that that resonated with me. I like, yeah, that. I mean, yeah. I I I would say that like, generally speaking, I, I would rather go to a, a small show than a big show. And I f I feel that as a re I think I feel that as a wrestler. I mean, but the matches in WWE I had in front of eighteen thousand or seventeen thousand. You know, it's not like I was I had the opportunity to connect with anybody you know but. and you didn't even I, I, you probably were so structured that you couldn't even do what you wanted to do most right of the time. and yeah you don't look at the people only look at the camera we're only playing for the camera but yeah i mean I, in my heart of heart i love wrestling for the 300 people because like you said i love wrestling for them individually the, the fans um 
but and, and, and they're they're all also I, I don't want to those paychecks are a lot bigger when there's eighteen thousand people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but they're also they're like also in a sense they're I don't want to say better fans, but they're they they have more empathy for the guys. Whereas mm. the other ones, I mean, they're kind of like your you know your fantasy figures. I don't think they have the same empathy for it's the a, guys. It's a casual night out, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, so before we get out of here, uh, man, give me a, a memory. Like for me. Just when you're like, Colt, what do you, why do you love wrestling? I'm just like, oh, man, I once watched Joe versus Kobashi. Like, I was the opener, and I sat, and I just watched him, and it was such a great, and it was like. Joe versus Kobashi, I love that match. I mean, I was there a lot, you know what I'm saying? And it was I, like, that's why I love wrestling. I watched that, when I got that videotape with the no, with the no commentary, yeah. it's like, ah, oh, this is awesome. Yeah, that's why I love wrestling. Is there something for you where you're like, this is why oh, I love wrestling? There's a million of them. Yeah, anything off the top of your head. Oh God! I mean, I just and, remember. And well, you know what I mean? Because you know, Kobashi retired, right? Um, so I was thinking about. I was going through like uh, my old notes on you know Kobashi, and I remember Misawa and Saruta. I was there. I I thought it was so. You know, when 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 Misawa died, I, I told the story. When Misawa died, um, you know, all the the networks and everything in Japan they played up big, and they showed the match where he beat Saruta. That was like the big crowning thing. And I'm going like, of all the nights, I was there in Budokan that night, and I mean, it was one of the most memorable nights of of wrestling because you know. This guy wins a match, and you see like all these guys crying when it's over, and it's like, geez, it was like the most emotional thing because nobody thought he could win, you know, and and and, and it was like the birth of a new star, and and all, every everything you want a show to be, that was that show was that show, so that's that's definitely one of them. But, you know, I mean, I was front row for Flair Steamboat when they were at their peak, and and um, there there any there isn't any one thing I. You know, I don't know. I like I like the Maso, and that's cool that yeah. you were there for it in the middle. Yeah, of yeah, because I was thinking about that with with because because Doctor Death wrestled Kobashi. I didn't even remember which night it was. I was going through my notes, but I remember because I was there, and and Doctor Death came up to me, and he just goes, "You watch what I do for him." This is you know um, in the prelims, he's just walked up to me and just goes, "You know what's the scoop in the states?" So I'm telling him, and he just goes, "Goes you know this this guy I'm wrestling." I go, "He's really good." I go, "I know. I I watch his all his videos." No, he's really good, and I go. And this is when he was like kind of a prelim guy, mm -hmm. but he was really good. And Doc was, you know, main event guy. And he goes, watch what I do for him. And, and Doc let him kick out of the Oklahoma Stampede before he beat him, which was, which was the thing he wanted to tell me. And he came back and goes, I, I, I helped make him, didn't I? And I go, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, they just went crazy when he kicked out of that Stampede. It was awesome. Mm -hmm. You know, so, you know, and I guess years later, he was really proud that, you know, out of all the little baby steps the guy took, that, that was one of them was the night he kicked out of the stampede. It, it gave him a little bit of credibility. Like, wow, he can hang with the main right. event guys. Yeah, yeah. very cool. Um, the Wrestling Observer is, is at uh, WrestlingObserver.com, right? Right. And, that's, and then the newsletter comes out. Every week. Every, every, is there, what's the day on that? I mean, it's on, it's, it comes out on Wednesdays. On There's the, on a new the one every Wednesday. Yeah. You've written, let's plug these books. You've written some great books. The, the tributes books, the yeah. histories of a lot of the guys when they pass away. Yeah. Thinking of thinking of Doctor Death. That's that's what it is. and yeah. those are available. Just I mean, they're probably on Amazon. I mean, it's okay. they're they're so out of print. Well, I okay. The second tributes book you could actually get from me, and I'll sign them and all that. Right. So you can do that. The first At one. The Wrestling Observer .com? Yeah, yeah. On the daily in the daily news update, there's actually like how to get the book and everything okay. like that. So you can get the book. The first one, I mean, I, I couldn't even get a book. I, I mean, I, I have two copies. I have one's for my son because I, I keep hoping that like when he gets to be about like 18, he'll, he'll go like, you know, I want to read my dad's book. Right. But it hasn't happened yet. Yeah, well, so, so, he's, so my son's got a copy. Let him, let him become a scholar. <laughs> yeah. That's why I, I try to teach him how to read through that. Because the one one thing that I this is this is was always made, was really cool to me was in the. 80s and 90s, there were a lot of, um, I guess, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, developmentally challenged kids um, that, that hated reading and all that. And, and I had a friend who was like in charge of them, and he would bring the Observer, and they'd all light up That's because wonderful. they all were wrestling fans. That's wonderful. Yeah. So I would always, so, so, so I always got this thing that, like, I'm when you know this, I didn't have any kids then. When my son, he's going to learn to read by reading the Observer, and it didn't happen <laughs> no, at all. Not at all. Not Thomas the Train. That's what <laughs> yeah, that's right. Exactly. Kid. Yeah. Uh, cool. Uh, you're on Twitter now too. I'm on Twitter now. Yeah. What uh, at? I don't even know. Perfect. <laughs> what a what a plug machine. <laughs> Come on, you got if you go Dave Meltzer Twitter, I'm sure it tells you. All right. Dave Meltzer WN, something, something close to that. But I don't really know. <laughs> Wonderful. I'm not into like I, I'm on Twitter all the time, but I haven't. I'm me mechanically, I, I, I'm like I'm, I'm on Twitter because I have to be. I'm not, you know. But right. I mean, I enjoy it. Yeah. But I just don't know the value of it yet. Sure, I think it's valuable. It, it's, it's, it's really valuable for you. Yeah. It, it is valuable for me in a certain way. Right. But 
Um, but I, I, you know, live or die, valuable, no. <laughs> well, I think uh, being on the podcast. Is the podcast is awesome yeah, for you. Thank you. And I appreciate you being on it. Oh, thank you. Thanks. I appreciate you. Thanks a lot, dude. Five stars. That was a five-star podcast. I just rated it. So that's me judging you, Dave, and I give you five stars. Congratulations. Thanks, Dave Meltzer, for coming on the show, sharing his side of uh, really, I guess, the American dream, making something happen for himself by himself, and kudos. Kudos to him, and good luck to all you guys who want to be mini Dave Meltzers. That, it's hard. I, you know, it's, it's, it's one in X amount, but he did it. So, you know, hey, man, give it a shot. Become the best at it, and maybe you can do it, too. I just shot myself in the foot for making everybody trying to do that now, but, uh, you know, fuck it, right? Someone's got to do it. I don't want to be the guy that told you no. And then you're bitter against me for your whole life, right? All right. Dave Meltzer, thanks for coming on the show. Hey, before we get out of here, let's get into some plugs and upcoming events. All right. The best way you can support ColtMerch.com and DigitalColt.com. Make a purchase over there. I got a Twitter at Colt Cabana. Follow me. I got a very public email, ColtWrestling at gmail.com. Maybe you're a promoter want to put me on your upcoming show or convention, or maybe you got something important to say to me. Every Monday night, WorstPromoEver.com. Me and Marty DeRosa on the interview sticks. Go on over to the website, WeLoveColt.com. I love getting snail mail. Dean sent me a bunch of shirts. Thanks, Dino. I appreciate that. Plus, you can sign up for the monthly newsletter once a month. No spam. Get some inside information. The Facebook slash AOW podcast. Like it. We'll talk about each episode. Upcoming. Saturday, June 15th, London, England, RevolutionProWrestling.com. Friday, June 21st, Minneapolis, Minnesota. Check them out on Facebook, First Wrestling. Saturday, June 22nd, Edmonton, Canada, PWAWrestling.ca. Friday, June 28th, Berwyn, Illinois, AAWrestling.com. Saturday, June 29th, Sepulpa, Oklahoma, Facebook slash Steel Rage Pro Wrestling. Thursday, July 4th, Vancouver, Canada. I'm doing a comedy show, The Ring-a-Ding-Dong-Dandy. Come check that out. Watch myself, Graham Clark, and some other guests have fun with professional wrestling. TinyURL.com slash Van Colt. Then Friday and Saturday, July 5th and 6th, Vancouver, Canada. ECCW.com Thursday, July 11th, Los Angeles, California I will be out there as a handler for Matt Classic, LuchaVavoom.com Friday, July 12th, Waterloo, Iowa is a part of the National Wrestling Hall of Fame. Check out the show and all the goodies ImpactProWrestling.com Saturday, July 13th, Ottawa, Canada Acclaim Pro Wrestling and Sunday, July 21st, Providence, Rhode Island Facebook slash Beyond Wrestling Alright guys, that's been the show for this week Big thanks to you listening at home. Big thanks to Dave Meltzer. Thanks to Cable Guy Jeff and Stu Stone. Thanks to Kid Russell and Matt Jenkins on the music. This has been the Art of Wrestling. For Cole Cabana, I'm Cole Cabana. Thanks. Minus five stars. <laughs> yes.